Hello. It's Nia and Trent from the Trident Network's Tournament Podcast. We just wanted to pop in and tell you about the Tourney Pod, where each week we pit different pieces of pop culture against each other in a March Madness-style tournament. We try to cover everything, from movies to TV shows to music to random stuff, like our hotly contested Best Pasta Shape Bracket. You can listen to the Tournament Podcast and all other Trident Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you'll become an attorney at Pod soon enough, and remember, may the thing with the most votes win. That's how the music goes, right? Yeah. We can't use the real song because, you know, money is a major issue. Justin, I preferred that, to be honest. Ooh. Most patriotic I felt in, I don't know, since 9-11. Oof. Gee. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe not, maybe not 9-11. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> maybe since the Obama administration. Like, there you go. That. There you go. I'll do yeah. that since Obama got inaugurated. I was like, God damn, 10 years ago, Tor? Yeah. You want to talk about it? <laughs> oh, but there's no time. time for a new episode of good game everybody thank you for checking in it's your boy justin i got tori and ryan with me as always and as i hope you could tell from my attempt at that music there at the beginning we are talking about the 2020 olympic games coming to you live in the year 2021 from tokyo japan i'm real excited about it even though i'm really afraid for all the athletes to be Completely honest, but we'll get into that in due time. There's one little bit of housekeeping we do need to get done right now. Guys, basketball season is over. We are less than 24 hours out from the season finale of basketball. And when you know it, we got it wrong. The (laughs) most wrong. Not even a nuanced wrong. A whole wrong. We were right for a bit, and then we were wrong a lot in a row. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would say the only thing we were right about was when we were talking about the like X factors who we thought would show up in the in the finals. We were like, hey, if Chris Paul doesn't show up, that's going to be a problem. He didn't show up. That was a problem. We knew that we knew that Booker and Giannis were going to get theirs. And it was kind of like Chris Paul and Chris Middleton. Chris Paul showed up for the first couple games and then kind of disappeared. Chris Middleton didn't show up for the first couple and then took off. So. Yeah, for the most part, we were very wrong. I only have one thing to say. One thing we all missed was that Bobby Portis would wild the fuck out (laughs) in game six. Yo, I guess shout out to NBA champion Bobby Portis because, man, what what a time game six was for him. Only thing I can say is, man, Giannis, good Lord. Insane. My favorite stat of the whole thing was just, it's not really a real stat, but it's kind of a funny stat. For those who know, after game two going into game three, people saw him going into the arena in a pair of black Air Force Ones. And if you know what that means, that means it's trouble. And good Lord, he was trouble from that moment on. And they won four straight. Honestly, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Truly the sweetest man maybe the NBA has. I'm very happy for him because, yeah, he's just he's just a very... 
very nice, very sweet guy who has just worked his ass off to, you know, make this happen from from the get go. He was like, I want to stay in Milwaukee and I want to win a championship here. And he just he did the damn thing. So very happy for him. Last bit on this. Will the Giannis movie be better than the new Space Jam movie? Tori, we saw it together. I'll ask you, will it be better? I mean, it can't be worse. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Spoilers. (laughs) Ryan, have you seen it yet? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay. Fair enough. Quick quick sidebar about Space Jam 2. It's a bad movie, but a very fun time. Okay, so just take that into consideration. 100%. It's a 90-minute long Warner Brothers ad, but they have a good time with it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they we went a year and a half without seeing a movie in theater, so I'm fine with it. It's it's fine. Very happy for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. (laughs) So, guys, uh, as always, uh, we start the podcast with our two-minute warning. This is our opportunity for each of us to go around and discuss a, a, something that happened in sports recently that uh, is kind of on our minds and something we'd like to share with the listeners. So I'm going to throw it to Ryan first uh, for your two-minute warning. Hit him, Ryan. All right. So jumping right back into basketball quickly, the topic that I wanted to talk about my two-minute warning is Scott Foster. Scott Foster is an NBA veteran referee who has been in the league for a very long time, and he and Chris Paul notoriously do not like each other at all and just so happens now that the Suns lost last night Chris Paul is 0-13 when Scott Foster is refing a playoff game of his they have a long history together a lot of criticism going back and forth to the point where I don't know if you guys saw it in game seven but even Bobby Portis was preventing Chris Paul from confronting Scott Foster after a call was made which was wild there was something in the past too about Chris Paul getting frustrated about Scott Foster calling technicals on him and all that. So it is just very interesting that he is the one who happens to be refing two of the NBA Finals games that they're playing in. Scott Foster is kind of like a debatable past, too. There's a lot of connections to him with the referee in the past, uh, Tim Donaghy, who has had the gambling ring going on in the NBA. So there are some there are some connections there. So I just think it is... Very interesting that he happens to be the one who is in that game. And then Chris Paul continues to suffer from it. (laughs) Dang. That's one of the best beefs in sports right there. Right? There it is. All right. Who's next? Who's got the next one? I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. We most recently had the European Football Championship, commonly known as the Euros. Italy won. And unfortunately, what has happened post-Italy winning is that a few players who are black uh, on the English team have been experiencing a lot of harassment. The names of the players, specifically Bakayo Saka, Jadon Sancho, and Marcus Rashford, they missed penalties in the 3-2 shootout loss against Italy. There's an investigation going by Metropolitan Police, which I, I assume would be London Police. I don't know how policing works in England. 
But the European football's governing body, the UEFA, released a statement also condemning the harassment, which, you know, you kind of love to see the the organization back the players in this big way. And it seems, too, that the, the general public is also backing them. I think it's really interesting to bring up only because we have so much of that in American sports, so much of that. And it's kind of interesting to see it happen abroad. And kind of realize that it's it's more than just with American sports. It is with mm-hmm. international sports as well and with, with international football community. So sad news, but hopefully those guys are left with, with some solace and some peace in this. So, yeah. Justin, what do you got? So baseball just had their all-star break a couple weeks ago. And baseball is on its way back. I'm going to say it. Baseball is coming back because... They now have a star they can build a couple stars, but one in particular that they can pretty much build the whole league around. And that is Shohei Otani, who is having a year of fucking years right now. This isn't his first year in the league. He was actually the 2018 Rookie of the Year, but I know how much baseball nerds love their stats. I'm going to throw some out here, people. Through 89 games so far this season, his batting average is 274. That means... At least he's getting over a quarter of the times he's at the plate, he's getting on base, which the national average is 241. He leads the league in home runs with 34. And the fun thing about Shohei is not only is he a great batter, he is also a pitcher. He's the first player to ever start a All-Star game as the pitcher and then lead off as a batter in the same All-Star game. Homie is doing unheard of things. Truly, they haven't had anything like this since Babe Ruth. And if you know Babe Ruth, you know he is old and he is dead. And it seems like, honestly, he's just a good guy. He got $150,000 participating in the Home Run Derby. Guess what? He donated it to the staffers and trainers and clubhouse workers. He's the number one seller of merch and memorabilia right now across all sports. All sports. You name a sport, he is number one. Higher than Giannis. Higher than Ronaldo. Higher than Tom Brady since July 1st. Homeboy right now is killing the game. And according to his ain't batting coach, he hasn't had batting practice all season. He just shows up to the game and fucking rakes. You know what I mean? Rakes means he hits a lot of home runs and stuff. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. I didn't know. I did not know. I figured I would clear that up. That's a little inside baseball, if you know what I mean. When they say homeboy rakes, that means he hits a lot and hits well. And yeah, so with him and a couple other young players right now, I think baseball, if they don't fuck it up, is in a really good position to possibly win people back. And yeah, that's what I got, man. It's it's Showtime. That's his nickname, Showtime. He's, he's a great guy. He's cool. He's cool. I may buy a jersey. You know, I love the O's, but I got to support. I got to support. Would you get a jersey that says uh, Showtime on the back? No, nah, I'm going to just get his last name on it. I feel like that's going to be some true. I feel like you really got to be like a fan fan to get a nickname on the back. That's too much. True. I'm going to just be a loyal supporter. Yeah. Oh, the remix. Olympics, Olympics, Olympics. 
2020, but in 2021, I, <laughs> I'm just going to remix it every time I do it. I'm, every time I do it, I'm going to just remix it up. Uh, so as we stated at the top of the show, uh, we actually got a two-parter coming in for you guys. We're going to, that's because the Olympics are that big. But before we jump in, we got to go to our history lesson. We all got to go to class, pick up your pens and pencils. Professor Ryan, what do you got for us here with the history of the Olympics. All right. Thank you, Justin. So this year is the year 2021 for the 2020 Olympics, as you most recently stated. And the Olympics, this is the 32nd running of the Olympics. Uh, Every four years for the Summer Olympics uh, each time. As far as the history goes, the first accepted date for the Olympics was 776 BC, which took place in Greece. It had been going on for a while. Greece was kind of doing their own thing and doing a bunch of the different sporting events that they had there, including wrestling and chariot racing and horse racing and things like that. As time went on, other countries started adopting their own form of Olympic type games where they used like the Olympic phrase uh, to get their own thing going. And then it kind of started spiraling as time went on. And then the first time that the games were actually held under the way that it currently is now was in 1896 in Athens. And that's when there were 14 nations and 241 athletes who were competing together in surprisingly 43 events. So there was a lot at the first Olympic Games Shit. that were held. Uh, a lot more than I had anticipated there would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and now it has continued to grow into what it is today and just uh every four years of countries just duking it out and hopefully winning more than the other ones but it really just ends up being the same countries trying to get the medal count as high as they can so Mm -hmm. uh i am excited for the olympics because we missed out on it last year we will have to see what actually comes of the olympics this year with everything going on in tokyo but nonetheless i am excited to see the games thank you professor ryan wow yeah class dismissed as we said this is going to be a two-parter in this one in particular we want to make sure everybody knows a couple athletes to watch there are so many events there's so many athletes there's so many olympians to check out i mean this is weeks of competition you're going to see but there's a couple people that the three of us has selected as honestly the the top of the heat the creme de la creme the best people to watch that you do not want to miss so tori i mean i feel like we should start with you who do you got who is somebody we should be checking out in tokyo oh man i'm very excited for this athlete backstory i once was a competitive swimmer ryan was as well i swam competitively for near almost 15 years and i am going to be talking about the one and only usa olympic swimmer katie Ledecky here, folks. Ooh. Very exciting. Very exciting. Katie uh, from D.C. Whoop. All right. Shout Raised, her out. Yeah, from D.C. Raised in Bethesda, which is uh, where Justin and I hail from. And I just, I got to be honest, swimming in middle school and high school, I remember hearing Katie's name just around kind of the DMV swimmer universe you know it was kind of like oh we got like we got this girl coming out like she's you know she's she's gonna go to the to the games you know Mm -hmm. uh she first made her dc dc her olympic appearance (laughs) uh in 2012 in london 
She, at that point, was the youngest participant in the 2012 Olympic Games. She was 15. She's currently 23 years old. She qualified in 2012 after the 400-meter freestyle event in which she came in third. She is a freestyler. That is her sport. Uh, long distance, mostly. She she does dabble in the 200 meter, but goes all the way up to uh, the, the 1500 meter in the 4x2. But uh, essentially, in the uh, 2012 Olympics, she competed in the 800 meter freestyle. She broke a record. Then wow. in the 2013 World Championships, uh, she walked away with gold medals for the 400 meter free, the 800 meter free, the 1500 meter free, and the 4x2. 2015 World Championships, she did it again. So gold medals again in all four of those events. 2016 Olympics came away with four gold medals, one silver medal. You know, that one silver medal, how dare she, right? (laughs) This is a really exciting stat that I didn't know. I kind of have only followed her Olympic journey and not so much what she did in college, but she has been swimming at Stanford uh, for the past four years. She actually just graduated. Uh, this past May. Oh, wow. Yeah. And th- what took her so long? <laughs> uh, yeah. How do you, right? <laughs> God. She, in the 2016 2017 NCAA season, Ledecky set 12 NCAA records and nine American records while swimming as a freshman at Stanford. <laughs> Jesus. Like, unbelievable. That's insane. I can't even swim. <laughs> Like, you throw me in the water, bad things are going to happen. Justin, Ryan and I have told you we will teach you. I don't know, man. I feel like if I can't be Ledecky, I don't need to be in there. Hey, none of us are going to be man. No. No. Yeah. Uh, None of us are going to be her. She is, I agree, she is so much fun to watch. And what's interesting about it, too, is that most of the time the distance swims are super boring. Because they last a long time. Yeah. Yeah. With her, it's so much fun because she pulls out so far ahead of everybody that you're, like, curious to see how big of, like, a a margin that she can get. And you're just sitting there watching Mm. her, like, it doesn't make sense how somebody can do the things that she does. I think she is so much fun. And then maintain that. Like, when I was reading about her uh, in the 2012 Olympics, when she did win that 800-meter freestyle, apparently she was two length, like swimmers' lengths ahead after the first 100. Jesus. If you swim 100, the 100 in the Olympics is two lengths of the pool. So after she had... After she had done two lengths of the pool, she had already had two of her full bodies ahead of somebody, which is absurd. Yeah. No, I was going to say, and then maintained that, maintained that for six more lengths of the pool. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the thing I need clarification on real quick. Just, you know, some pool math. <laughs> uh, so the four, the 400, do you like that pool math? I love pool math. I think math. that's what they should call that. it. Uh, so 400 meters, <laughs> how many times back and forth is that? Like eight. Eight. Jesus Christ. So each each length of the pool is 50 meters. Okay, got it. Wait, and she has a medal in like... Everything. But wait, isn't she like the world record holder for like the 1500 or something? Yes. Crazy like that? Yeah. So she... Jesus. That's 30 oh, lengths of the so pool. So that's what I'm talking about, like yeah. distance swims. Like you just watch her Ooh. lead grow and grow and grow to the mm-hmm. point where like she's almost lapping people because yeah. she's just like so much better than everybody at the distance mm. swims. Absolutely. So what makes Katie Ledecky real? Is there like, is she half fish? Like, I don't know. Does she just not own a home? She just lives underwater. What is her deal? 
what makes her so good? Is it like her and Phelps are related? Maybe it's a Maryland thing. What is it? Well, I would say, and and this is not to discredit any of her hard work uh, at all. I do think for swimmers specifically, having a body type, a specific body type can be very helpful. Like when you talk about Phelps, you know, that she's very much has that like wide shoulders, very narrow waist, that big, very prominent V, you know, mm. that large arm span. It's just, I think... If you look at Katie, she's she's got those she's very big shoulders. It's just she's kind of got like the perfect physique for swimming in a lot of ways. Okay. But I think also swimming is a sport where I mean, when she entered the games in 2012, she was 15. The youngest person in t- uh, 2021 in the games, I believe, is Grimes is her last name. Let me double check that. But she's also 15. So swimming hmm. is kind of one of those sports that you start doing when you're like four or five, and then. Mm-hmm you kind of decide that you're going to go to the... I remember coaches kind of coming to me and being like, do you want to make this your whole life? And I was like 10, you know, because the trajectory <laughs> is that, right? If if you're going to send yeah. a kid to the Olympic trials, you got to get, get them ready when mm. they're entering middle school, you know, and Jeez. going to 5 a.m. practices before school and then going, you know, doing dry land work after school. It's just, it's an insane lifestyle. Your it's your whole life, is it? And uh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What in God's green is dry land work for swimmers? <laughs> Weightlifting, uh, doing yeah, like sprints and running. stuff like that. You still got to do, you still got to get the rest of your conditioning ready to go and then. You have the, the pool time and then the rest of the working out outside of the pool. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I just love just, that they're like, yeah, that dry land stuff. <laughs> <laughs> just like cross training for any, uh, like, okay. like any other sport, right? Because you can't, yeah. you know, you can't lift weights in a pool. You know, there are just certain sure. things you can't do in a pool, right? The pool's yeah, yeah, where yeah. you, the pool's where you execute everything yeah. you do on land, mm-hmm. you know? Gotcha. She still has a few heats. To compete in, for those of us mm-hmm. listening, uh, heat is kind of a qualifier, right? It's probably the last qualifier to actually participate in the final races here, the final events. But we do know for a fact that in th- these here Olympics, okay, for the American team, she will be competing in the 400 meter freestyle, the four by one, and the 200 meter freestyle. So those three events, she is already clinched. She's already in those events. The rest of those heats, I think there are three more heats that she's competing in to then clinch that final bot in that final event. So I think we are possibly looking at six events that katie will be swimming in in these olympics i'm pulling for her a swimmer from dc are you kidding me of course really excited about katie and uh we wish her the best real quick one last thing i have i have so many swimming questions but this is my this is my last one for this podcast when you say like four by four or four by like i think you said one by four at some point what that mean so that's when like if you it's like the four by one, that means that there are four people doing the relay and each of them swims a hundred meters. So like they'll do a down and back, and that's when the people are jumping off the blocks as somebody is coming into the wall and they jump and then they go. So then each of them do it. So that was the big one. Well, it wasn't the four by one, it was uh I think it was well, it was with when Michael Phelps did the one where they where they caught up. There was they did the the four by one and they also did the IM individual medley. Yeah, they did the individual medley one where they are all swimming different strokes, but those are the ones where like you see people kind of coming down to the wire where you see a bunch of different changes happening in the races. 
And just, I mean, this doesn't really apply to Katie. She's pretty much only rolls with freestyle, but uh, an individual medley is butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, and then freestyle. So that's the order of the strokes. So then, you know, you put your your flyer in, you put your backstroker in, you put your, your breaststroker in, you put your freestyler in. So very exciting. Very exciting. I'm looking at this year as like Katie's Phelps year, right? I think after this, I think she's going to be a household name. And I think she's going to get a lot of press. It's going to be a big year for her, I think. So I hope so. Very excited. I'll go next if you guys don't mind. Yeah, Justin, who you got? I don't think it should be a shock to anyone that we going to be talking about Simone motherfucking Biles, bitch. (laughs) You better act like you know. God damn. Obviously, maybe the most popular athlete coming into these games, I would argue, is Simone Biles. And for good reason. At 24 years old, imagine being the most decorated American gymnast with over 30 combined Olympic and World Championship medals. God. At 24. It makes no sense. Two fun things I did learn about Simone while doing just a little bit of research. She's a Pisces. That's a water sign, baby. Take that for what you will. I know Ryan hates that fact. But even more shocking than that, Simone Biles was born in Ohio? And Ohio ain't been right since. Honestly, the moment she left, it's been downhill for Ohio. It explains what's been wrong with Ohio this whole time. They let Simone Biles get away. But... Simone is the five-time world all-around champion. That means it is your combined score from every basic gymnastic event. You've got your balance beam. You've got your vault. You've got your floor routine. You mix all of those together, and then you are the all-around champion. She's the five-time champion in the world all-around, the defending Olympic champion. I mean, she was already the best in the world when she showed up to Rio in 2016, and here she is now five years later and better? It's, it's insane to think that she could possibly have gotten better, but I would say it is true. Her biggest competition here is truly herself. She has done things since Rio in 2016 that make no sense. Just a fun fact for you guys. A cool thing I find about gymnastics is once you do a move that no one else has done in international competition, they name that move after you. Guess how many moves Simone Biles has named after her already? Get Actually guess? Yeah, give me a number. 11? No, not that many, but... I was I was going to go six. I didn't know what ballpark we were in, to be honest, so... I was going to say, you guys highballed it a bit. It's four, but that's a lot. Still. That's a lot. That's more than anyone. That's how incredible I think she is. I'm like, half of the moves in, in gymnastics, they're called the Simone Biles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, actually, the fun thing about this Olympics for her in particular is she is a, she's attempting now, possibly. We don't know if she'll do it, but... We hope she will because it will be great to do the Biles 2 from the vault. What that means is she already has one move named after her from the vault. And now she has a brand new move that actually she did in early competition in May that just is insane. It's called the Yurchenko Double Pike. I will break this down because I'm not a monster. I will not make you look up what that is. Now, Here's the move. It is a vault that requires a round-off back handspring onto a table. And then, here's the fun part, two and a half backflips in a piked or straight leg position. I know that's probably a lot to still wrap your head around, so I broke it down a little bit more. So, everybody listening in, Tori Ryan, close your eyes. Imagine it's the Olympics. Got it. You are right in front of the vault. You All you have to do is run there and get it. You are now running full speed towards that vault table. That's the little, like, you know, the inclined piece of metal thing. 
Sure. Yeah. You go into your round off, which is like, you know, the cartwheel. But instead of landing one foot at a time, you land two feet. You hit that round off. Your back is to the actual vault itself. You go into the air off that springboard. Then suddenly you bounce off of this vault. While in midair, you grab your legs and spin two and a half times. And then you land. Two and a half times. Two and a half times, yes. Before hitting the ground, yes. And then you stick the landing as as one does. I know very little about gymnastics, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. The biggest reason I know that Simone Biles is an incredible gymnast, perhaps the best one to ever participate in the sport, is because other gymnasts watch her do gymnastics and are like, holy fuck. You know, because knowing nothing about gymnastics, all gymnasts kind of impress me because I can't do a cartwheel. You know, so the fact that other gymnasts look at Simone Biles and they're like, holy shit. I'm like, God, she must be Mm -hmm. insane, you know? Yeah, truly a once in a generational athlete we have on our hands here with Simone Biles. Like I said, if she lands that Yurchenko double pike vault in competition, it will officially become the Biles 2 because she already has one move named after her in the vault. That'll bring her up to five. Who knows? She may be, she has something she just hasn't even shown us yet. She's chasing Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's like first to 10. Who's going to get there? I don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't like Fast and Furious odds. I don't know if I'm a betting man. But she's the favorite to win the all-around competition, and she's expected to win three other event finals, including that vault if she hits that move, which is... That's a pretty darn good Olympics right there if you're a gymnast, which the fun thing about Biles with this, she could win as many as five gold medals in Tokyo this year. If she does, she would tie the record for most Olympic gold medals earned by a female gymnast. Damn. Hell yeah. Any of them. Any of them. I mean, even if we're just talking American, she already, like, as far as like, or any other gymnast, she already has 10 more world championship gold medals than any other female gymnast in history. She's just chasing after the Olympic record at this point. Good for her. Yeah. The GOAT, man. Watch the GOAT in action. She's going to be flipping. She's going to be flipping, bro. Ryan, who you got? I have two teams to watch. Uh, Not because they, I think they are going to be great like the two that you both said. I think Katie Ledecky and Simone Biles are going to be so much fun to watch because they're going to dominate. The two teams I think that we need to watch because they have a very real chance of losing are the U.S. men's basketball team because they have gotten because they've gotten beaten in two exhibition games and their squad. They're missing a lot of key players. They're missing a lot of big names. And people are like, oh, no, there's no chance they're going to lose. What happened in 2004? They got the bronze. It's very real that this shit could happen and they could not get the gold. So Mm. that's a team to watch as for potential losing. The other one that we need to watch is the women's soccer team because because they just got beat the hell out of by Sweden 3-0 after losing to Sweden in the last Olympics in the quarterfinals in penalty kicks and not getting a medal at all. So I think both of those teams who are very, very good at talking shit to other teams <laughs> need, need to kind of need to kind of be like, all right, you guys got to show up this time because there's a lot of speculation hmm. and there's a lot of ifs around here that they might not. So I think 
they're going to be they're going to be fun to watch because they always are. Yeah. Uh, regardless of how everything goes, they are fun to watch. But mm-hmm. I think they they might be in trouble. Both of them might be in trouble, and I hope that they can both pull it out. Ryan, forgive me if I misunderstood. You said that the men's basketball team got bronze in 2004. Have they gotten gold in the game since then? Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank they have you. they have gotten gold since then, but I was just bringing that up because everybody's like, no, man, there's no way that the Stars can lose. But like, yeah, the 2004 team got bronze. Like <laughs> They did already. It, yeah. it really happened. Mm-hmm. So like, you know. It, it's not like this is so far out of the realm of possibility that sure. they could lose, especially because, like I said, the the U.S. team, there's a lot of a lot of big names who are not going to be playing. Yeah. And a couple more got got canned because of covid stuff. So it's like, you know, there's a very real chance that they could lose, at least for the women's soccer team. I feel like if I had to bet my money on which one I think is more likely to get a gold, it's going to be them. Just because they're still, you know, kind of resting on being the World Cup champions. I still feel like that comes with a certain edge. It's more or less that same team for the majority of it. And I think, you know, losing the 3 nothing to Sweden is a little bit alarming. But I think if there's anyone who can snap them out of it, it's going to be, you know, Megan Rapino. Like, I, I think, you know, she's... She's the leader of this team, her and like Alex Morgan. They've they've been through this before, right? They're people who they're veterans. They're not young. They've been around. If anything, this may be like Megan Rapinoe's probably last Olympics, right? Like, I mean, she's been around a bit. Could yeah. be. I wouldn't be shocked. And and she you would think that they are looking for redemption after the last time they played and they mm. didn't even medal. So yeah. like, you know, it it's one of those things that you're looking at like they should really Really be trying to get after it. Yeah. I mean, because Megan's like 36 and I'm like, I don't know. The chances of you making another Olympics at 36 is a stretch. Mm-hmm. I would I would love to see uh, the women's soccer team kind of get it together and win. I will also say hot take. All right. Devil's advocate. Oh, I do think it is good for the United States to lose sometimes. OK, what? we are historically sore losers. And we need to learn how to lose with grace, okay? On a on a international stage, we got a lot of sportsmanship to prove. <laughs> Man, fuck that shit. We're winning. Yeah, USA, USA, USA. <laughs> Can't nobody humble us. We're the best, baby. Wave that best flag. Best country in the world. Best set country off, in the world. Set off those fireworks. You know what it is, baby. Um. Uh, but oh, no, God. those teams are, yeah, those teams are in real danger. And honestly, Tori, I actually kind of agree with you. If there is any place to humble USA sports, it would definitely be men's basketball because it's not that they're worse. Everybody else is getting better at such an alarming rate. So I think this would be an opportunity for some teams that are used to playing with each other to, I don't know, mess around and kind of catch these guys slipping. Plus, also, I don't know what this team is that they put together. They just, did they not? I love that Trey Young put out a tweet that was just like the clip of Isaiah Thomas from The Last Dance, where he was like, I don't know what the selection process was. I fit the criteria. I was not selected because Trey, (laughs) I would want Trey Young on my Olympic team if he's willing to be there. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. 
They're picking guys like JaVel McGee, who has more, you know, who has more shacked in a fool videos than anybody <laughs> in the NBA. And they got him going, but like, nah, Trey Young and Zion, like, weren't available. What was the selection process there? Didn't Steph get offered and then turn it down? Did I read that or not? Did I make that up? I'm not sure. He may have turned it down. I mean, he's... He's getting a little older. He probably wants some time off. He's a family man. He's got to work on Holy Moly 3 or something. <laughs> he's, he's busy. He's busy. All right, y'all. Those are a couple athletes and a couple teams you should definitely be checking out for this upcoming Olympic Games. But hold up. Wait a minute. We are not done we are going to be coming right back with another Olympics episode. In this episode, coming up, we are going to be talking about some of the events that you want to take a look at. The 2021 Olympic Games, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> we will be back super soon, guys. So keep an eye out. This one should be coming very soon. Should I should I ride it out with the with the music? Um, do it. Do it. The game is produced by Tori Wynn, Ryan Lippman, and Justin Switzerland. Who also handles the show. I think that was music was made by Mamba Beats. Yeah, I think that. I don't follow good game on Instagram. Like a college football fight song. This is a remix. Good. I'll figure out a new remix. We'll be back. Good game is a part of the Trident Network. All right, guys. Learn more about our videos. Later. Later, Please visit the Trident Network dot com. <laughs>